Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 167, recorded live on Sunday, August 22nd, 2010. And here are your hosts, the man who only had to deal with making breakfast this morning, Dave Pillay. Hello! And the man who had to deal with Michigan traffic, Andy Lowe. Hi. Did I ever tell you I hate traffic? Yes. Especially I, Michigan traffic in I, the construction season. I really hate traffic sometimes. It's, oh, it just makes my head hurt why people are doing what they're doing. Hey, I got a question for you. That, that does remind me. Okay. What's the top speed on your Mercedes? I'm not exactly sure. The speedometer goes up to about, um, I think it goes up to about 100 or so. No, it, go, it can go up to 120. The speedometer goes up to 120. Right, because 60, 70, 80. No, I'll say 100. Um, how fast could I actually get it to go? Um, how steep is the downhill incline? Level surface. Level surface? I maybe could get it up to 90. Maybe. I was wondering that, because on, on some of the roads, I'm going, you know, like 45, 50, and I look behind you, and you're... Uh, let's see if it says the top speeds rarely exceed 140 kilometers per hour. Kilometers. Yeah. So 140 kilometers per hour to miles per hour. That's about 85, 86.94. So yeah, you could maybe get it up to 90 if you really push it. But at that point, like I've told other people, my engine is just whining the entire time going, why? Really I worked funny. on that a lot. When you, when you started your engine, I laughed because it sounded like a truck starting. Um, that's because it's a diesel engine. It's an old diesel engine, so it sounds like a truck. Yep. It was really, really funny. I love how somebody has already searched for Mercedes 240D top speed because it's in my Google suggestions. Mm. Well, not necessarily. It depends on how good their algorithm is. They could notice car and top and, you know, hmm, I wonder. No, it's a 240 3.0 max speed in fourth. Uh, Horsepower for the 240. Top speed. 147 kilometers per hour. So, yeah, right around 90 or so. That's just sad. Oh, wait, that's the... Nope, never mind. I'm looking in the wrong year. 1983. Where is it? 240 D4 speed. Yeah. Yeah, not fast. Not fast at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's sad. But it can drive forever and ever and ever if you just keep up the um, maintenance on it. But what what do you expect for something that's got less than 75 horsepower? Not much. No. But it doesn't really matter, you know, when I'm stuck on the highway idling at about 20 miles per hour because people did not read the two signs before this. That said, left lane is closed at exit 104. 
Literally, it said that left lane closed, exit 104. And people are still just whipping by, and I'm like, shouldn't you get over since we're at exit 107? <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. I finally actually, there was a bunch of people who passed by, and then I saw a big, huge line of cars that were just coming up fast on the left lane. So I just floored it and then stayed parallel with a semi. That's what you nice. got to do. You just got to get a semi to block off all the people who are being idiots behind yep. you. It's not that they're being idiots. In fact, most of them think they're being rather clever. It's just that they're being assholes. <laughs> yeah, but do they consciously think that, that they're being assholes, though? No, no, no. They don't think they're being assholes. Although, I'll admit, on one or two occasions, well, probably more than one or two, I've done that. And I'm like, you know, I know I'm being an asshole, but I'm running late and I got to get there or whatever. Dave, I actually did the math on this at one time. Yeah, you don't save that much time. No. You know what the difference is in how much time you save between 60 miles an hour and 75 miles an hour? Well, I'd say it's about 15 miles per hour difference, Andy. Yeah, yes, but... How much time you save if you're driving – for every 10 miles you drive, that 15-mile-an-hour difference saves you two minutes. Yeah, but if you're already five minutes late, two minutes can actually be a long time. <sighs> I don't know what it is. I think it's just the fact that I had the 85 Cadillac and then I moved to this – then I had the giant van and then I went back to the Cadillac and then I went to this Benz. I think I'm starting to – not be a speed demon anymore. Like, well, in the Benz, you can't be. No, no, you can't. You, you. I'm actually kind of curious because I was doing 75 for part of this on the way back after the craziness with the traffic, so I could try and get here. But I, I'm kind of curious to see what my mile per gallon average is now for that. But I'm just, I'm, I have no problem, you know, just doing 65. It's like. I've got 110 miles. It may save me uh, 20 minutes, maybe, but eh, I'll just leave a little bit earlier. Well, good for you. I I have gone from the speed demon to the uh, grand tourer, tourer, grand grand touring. I don't know. Oh man! But it's ridiculous now that people always say Michigan's got two seasons: winter and construction. They're right. Yeah, I always thought it was just the joke, but the more no, no, they're they're actually right, yeah. and sometimes the seasons overlap. Not really, unless you get crazy weather in the fall. That's when they start to overlap. But the rest of the time, it's oh, I I'm just still angry about the traffic. I know you poor poor thing. I'm amused that you're angry about the traffic and not the whooping you got in Ticket to Ride last night. Yes, for those of you who don't know, the reason why I was driving um, yesterday, actually, I drove about 220 miles in 24 hours. Yeah. Hardly your record, but no. okay. Yes, it's not nowhere near my record. Oh, those were the good old days. Yep. Um, but we went over for Bachelor Party for Brendan Lapsley, who was a guest on the show. Episode. No clue. Uh, last time, that's 2009. Uh, episode 115, I'm guessing. 
Yes, Brendan Lapsley, episode 115. This is Bachelor Party. We played Whirly Ball, for those of you who don't know. It's um, bumper cars meets... High Ally. Yes, but those who don't know what High Ally is, it's kind of... Um, lacrosse. Yeah. Bumper cars meets lacrosse. Meets basketball. Yeah. And um, then we played laser tag. And then we played board games. Which I do have to say, sometimes I forget that board games have continued to evolve even though I have stopped playing them. Because I think about like... In the sense that... Well, the, the sense that family gatherings, what's the board games you play? Okay, you play Scrabble. You, you play the classic yeah, you Parker play, Brother crap. The, the Monopoly, the Sorry, the Clue. Milton Bradley and Parker Brothers. The, the classic games. But, okay, they're, they're scattergories. That's somewhat newer. Um, the, I think the last, the newest game I played before this was um, Cranium. That was pretty new. That was what, like 2000-ish? Ish. But they just keep on forgetting that the board games have continued to evolve. And they're actually pretty fun for those of you who know board games. We were playing Pandemic and Ticket to Ride. Mm-hmm. Pandemic, for those of you who don't know, is a board game where you are all playing against the board. Hey, Andy. Yes. Do you know that you've said, for those of you that don't know, like five times in the last two minutes? Why are you pointing that out? Is that is that one of the drinking games now for the podcast? I it, If it's not, it should be. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, there supposedly is a drinking game. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking. No one's told me about a drinking game. <laughs> I wish I knew about it, because, man, we could get people smashed. <laughs> I can come up with a couple of them off the top of my head, but I, I don't know. That's probably one of them right there. I don't know. Uh, when I type on my keyboard, and then... Especially. Milk. Pacific. Mm-hmm. And specific. But I... Me interrupting you. Yes. Exactly. I'm trying to think of anything else. No, I can't think of anything. Uh, internet searches. Yes. Getting stuck on Wikipedia. Right. Mentioning Wikipedia. Yes. If there actually is a game right now and all these things are on there, they're toast. <laughs> and if they're not on there, then they should be. The, well, there's the more recent one of, Dave, what I really need you to get you to do. Yeah. What I need you to do... Uh, you mentioning the forums being broken? Which, they're still broken. Mm-hmm. There still is no way for anybody to comment on the episodes other than emailing us. Yep. Just saying. I know. And, yeah, board games have, uh, kind of progressed. They actually were fun. They're a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed them. Well, I'll play that other one with Matt again. What was that one called? I don't remember. Cosmic... Yeah, it was Cosmic something. I'm I'm trying to look it up. Cosmic Encounter? I don't know. I was playing Pandemic at the time. Twice. You lost on easy. It's th- There was four of us playing instead of five. It's a four-player game. Then why are there five little dudes? What? No, there are only four. Oh, because uh, one, you, you're always missing one. Oh, you're always missing one? Yeah, it's a four-player game. 
And in fact, the fewer players, the easier. I think. No, it's, I don't remember. It's a four-player game. Oh. At most. Well, then never mind. No, I don't think it was Cosmic Encounters. It was Cosmic something, and it had to do with... It was sort of... No, it was Cosmic Encounter, oh. but it's a different... Oh, there's an updated one. Oh. I see. It originally came out in, like, two... In 1977... And then it came out again in 2008 with a whole new set of things. Hmm. But Dave, I do have to point, there was four of us. I had never, I think two of us had never played before. You lost on easy mode. There was two of us who had never played before. Yeah. There was a list in there of all the, the first 21 games. And a bunch of those had people who had never played before. And everybody had one on easy mode? Pretty sure. You have a, no joke, you have a database of these. Can you yep. check the database and see? I can check the database. I don't have the first 21 games in the database. <laughs> Can't believe you're keeping a database. It's just a Google Doc. It's still, it's a database of results of a board game. Well, yeah, this one, the Google Doc only has six games, uh, four normals and one hard. Oh. See, I haven't tried out any easy modes yet. Yeah, playing hard when you get an epidemic on turn one is painful. I, I can definitely see that. And then later when you get two epidemics in a row, it's even more painful. We had almost two epidemics in a row. It was an epidemic, one other card, and then an epidemic again. Yeah. Whew. But that's still uh, two epidemics. Each turn was an epidemic. Yeah. Yeah, that's painful. Was that the one you lost? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how there are, like, so many ways to lose in that game. Yep, three ways to lose, one way to win. If your outbreaks go up, you lose. If you run out of cards, you lose. If you run out of little squares, you lose. It's Yeah, that's it, though. And then if you get all four cures, you win. Yeah. Which we, we, man, we won by the skin of our teeth. Yep. Whew. That is crazy. But fun. It's it's actually a lot more fun to play a board game where you're not playing against people, but you're actually just, it's a co-op board game. Right. Which you really don't see in any other board games. No, no. It's really nice to have, like, everyone versus the game instead of everyone versus each other. Because then you can't, I mean, there's no reason to screw each other up. You know, like in Ticket to Ride. When you block off a city. Yeah. Or interrupt a route. Yep. Andy. Hey, that happened to me too. Happened to all of us and we all did it. I could have won that game if I had done that one turn differently. That was the most vicious game of Ticket to Ride I've ever seen. Oh, I love how nobody could really tell who was winning or who even had a chance of winning in that game until after the game was over. And then you're like, okay, who could? Because yep. it, it all depends on the tickets at the end. It's okay. No, who... I, I was pretty certain that I had it. You were close. You had what, 40? Your long one was what, 46? Uh, 43. 43. I had 
used 43 trains in a continuous circuit. I had 38. Yeah. Almost had it. Oh. The Andy, again, the only way for you to have beaten that would have been to use like all of your trains in one continuous run. You only have 45 trains. So I could have done 44 in a row. Yeah, or 45. What happens if I tie with you, though? Then you share it. Oh. I think you won by less than 10, though, so then that would have dropped you down by... Mm, that might have. No, it wouldn't have dropped me down. You would have gained 10. Oh, we both would have gained 10? Yep. Oh. Well, then that would have... Yeah, I would have had it done all of them. Ugh. That would have been hard. Right. See, I got lucky. All of you were out on the west side. No, I was. I was sitting. No, you. You all started off on the west coast or in the the middle. Yeah, I started right in the middle. And I'm just like, okay, I've got the east coast. I've got the east coast. La 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 la. Oh, I'm all done. <laughs> Longest train route from Montreal to Miami I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, what's um, the movie? Oh, what movie? It, uh, Jane, Jane, Jane. Um, it happened to Jane. That remind that that's what it. It's a Fubian fifty fail with Doris Day and Jack Lemmon. Fail. What? It, you, what? <laughs> it, I had. To, Where is this coming from? What it, are you trying to do with it? It happened to Jane. Was a movie about trains, basically. Okay. And part of the movie at the very end was they were trying to deliver these lobsters to um, someplace in order to make money, and so the guy who's the evil guy decides to. Um, uh, route them in the most indirect route possible so it would take them like days to get where they're supposed to go it's it's, okay doris day and jack lemon in a romantic comedy that involves trains so okay sure why not i hate trains what do you mean you love trains i know andy are you having a conversation with i can just sign off you know (laughs) I was quoting The Big Bang Theory, which you, for some odd reason, haven't really seen. Oh, no, I know that episode. I remember that one now. I just didn't recognize the quote. I'm Batman. Shh. What? It's another quote from that episode. Yeah, I, I, okay, sure. That's the episode with Summer Glau. No. No? No. The train episode? Well, there was an episode where they were on the train. Oh, well, that's the one I thought you were referencing. No. Okay. The one that I was ep- the one I was uh, referencing was the one where Sheldon was supposed to keep a secret, but he couldn't, and so he decided to move out. And then so he was moving in with everybody else, but nobody wanted to live with Sheldon, and so they were trying to convince him not to live with him because he hates trains. Hmm. And Sheldon's like, "No, you don't. You love trains." I know. Okay. Sure. So should we move on to topics before I try and reference more things that you have no clue what I'm referencing? Yes. Please. Because I can reference topics then, and then you have something to go off of. Yes. 
Okay. Topics would work. So going from trains to cars. Um, this is the XJ? Yes, the Jaguar XJ crashed during a test drive. But it didn't physically crash. No. This was the other kind of crash. Yeah. The very bad, well, they're both very bad kinds of crashes, I suppose, but Did- this was the oops crash. Yeah. Of an operating system failing. Yep. Normally, you would hit the power button. I love how you don't even turn the key anymore. It's just you turn on the power button. Well, that's how it used to be. You used to press the power button rather than use a key? Yeah, you'd press the starter. Well, okay. If you're talking like classic Model Ts. Yeah. Well, that's how it used to be. And in fact, it was well after the Model T. Uh, it was all the way through the 40s, I think. Really? There was no key ignition in the pre-World War II cars? I, all I know is that I've been listening to James Bond books, and they always talk about him pressing the starter in his Bentleys. Right. Anyway, so these things don't have mechanical keys. keys. They have little RFID things that you either can keep in your pocket or you insert them into the dash and then you hit the power button to turn them on. Mm-hmm. Well, during the uh, test drive, they, nothing happened. So they thought it was originally that they had ru- uh, run out the battery, but nothing was working. And they had to connect the Panasonic computer to the ODB2 port to try and figure out what was wrong with it. But they really could not figure out what was wrong. It could have been anything. The Linux-based infotainment system, the virtual instrument display, miles of what they no, they couldn't figure it out. Did they eventually figure it out? Um, I do not believe so. Oops. Yeah. So not only could your car now have mechanical problems, but... And electrical problems. Now it can have software problems. Mm-hmm. Going back to the Toyotas, which supposedly had problems with their braking systems. Supposedly, allegedly, has not yet been proven. <sighs> but that, it's, it's sad. The, uh, it, yeah, I feel bad for the guy who's got to go through and debug that. In fact, if it had been an actual blue screen, it might have been even better for them. Because then they could actually take an error message. Yeah, kind. blue screens give you a, a dump of everything that was in memory and what caused the problem and all that. So, but yeah, but when, when you just try and turn on your car and nothing happens because there's a software problem, that's a problem. In case you know you're in some sort of emergency situation and you have to start your car and it doesn't start. Yep. Ooh. I mean, it's no worse than a mechanical failure. Yeah. But a mechanical failure, most of the time, is easy to diagnose. You look down and you go, oh, the belt's broken. Right. Okay. But the car still isn't going to run. No. But it's a lot easier to diagnose than having somebody have to go and get a laptop and plug it into the car and go, maybe this is it, maybe not, <laughs> I can't figure it out. Granted, it's just such an amusing picture, a laptop plugged into the car. <laughs> Well, that's what they do now with uh, I know. Formula One cars. There's, um, no, oh, it was on Top Gear. And um, one of the British Formula One teams, whenever they're done working on the car, mm-hmm. just for kicks and giggles, they have a program that will adjust the revs of the engine 
to play God Save the Queen. <laughs> they have it with that computer. They have it precise enough to actually have it play God Save the Queen before they pack it all up and take it out. Very, very nice. So I, I'm one who's never a fan of having a system overly complicated for what it is. But then granted, you, you have things like adaptive cruise control and satellite navigation and all these other things. You kind of need all this computer hardware in the system. Well, if you want the features. Yeah. But I, it's, it's just funny. A brand new soap, super sports car doesn't work. Why? No. Code. So what's next on the list, since I just accidentally closed my list? Well, there is a new uh, solid-state drive. Okay. 64 gigabytes. Not bad, not bad. Gigabytes? Gigabyte? I mean, I know it's gigabyte, but it's a gigabyte. 1.21 gigawatts. Gigabytes. Uh, 64 gig... Solid state drive, it's about the size of my thumbnail. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm looking at, what, I got four gigs right here? I would, it'd be, what, I can't do math right now, that's 20, uh, 40, 10, no, not 20. So it'd be a good dozen of these things, and it's the size of your thumbnail. Yeah. Man, you could fit <laughs> fit movies on there. Movies you could fit uncompressed HD on there. You could, couldn't you? Because uncompressed, yeah, that is that's only. Jeez, you could fit a couple of uncompressed HD movies on there. Yeah. Jeez. Sixty-four gigabytes is a lot of space. <laughs> So I could have, in the future, basically more memory in my phone than I have in some of my original hard drives. Oh, I already do. How much space do you have in your phone right now? I have now? A, an 8 gigabyte micro SD card in my phone. I remember having computers that was only measured in megabytes. I remember it was so exciting when, um, back in 1999, we uh, got an IBM Aptiva. It had three gigs. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh my God, how are we ever going to fill this up? Right. Like, there's more space on this than I will ever need. Then you look at StarCraft II's install size. How bad is it? It's like 16 gigs. Oh, Oh, how big was the original StarCraft install size? Probably a couple hundred meg, if that. Oh. Man, the future is crazy. Yeah, I know. Especially if this law gets passed. That Which law would that be? The one where um, they want to put an FM radio in everything. Oh my god, this is such a stupid law. It's not everything, but it's all portable music devices. Yeah. Required uh, to have an FM. That, that's, I, that's going a bit beyond the boundaries of government. 
Why only FM? Because no one cares about AM. Uh, that is true. The audio quality in AM is not... Well, with new, the new HD AM make it sound like the old FM, but now the old FM sounds like... Well, the new FM sounds like CD quality. But that, that is kind of ridiculous. You must have an FM mm-hmm. radio and... Oh, it's just another way to probably have uh, the ASCAP and everybody charge the people money for playing the music or having the ability to charge them. Does this mean AM is officially dead then if this actually gets passed? Because everything would be FM now? No, because AM is still cheap to broadcast on and has incredible range. Yeah. Just, I mean, the quality sucks, and it gets distorted when you drive under a bridge, but it's still really powerful. Yeah. You know, things like traffic, emergency broadcasts, things like that. FM radio. Oh, Apple would have a fit. Because people kept yeah. on saying that they always wanted an FM trans or receiver in the iPod, and Apple's like, no, we're not going to do it. Yeah, Jobs, is, he'll just take out a couple congressmen for dinner and say, look, this is stupid. And they will all say, oh, yes. Why, yes, it is. By the way, thank you for my new phone and iPad, Mr. Jobs. <laughs> thank you for donating this to the public schools in my constituency. Yeah. <sighs> Luckily, this hasn't been finalized, though. So It won't be. It's stupid. Well, you never know. There have been stupider laws that have been passed. <sighs> Granted, this would be... No- because I love how they say, we argue that having radio capability on cell phones and other mobile devices will be a great thing, particularly from a public safety perspective. I'm sorry, if, but if there's a problem, most of the... I don't switch on my radio. Well, I'm say, even if you switch on your radio, I switch to the AM stations because I actually know that... Because most of the... There's probably all the cumulus stations in the area are basically turnkey, which means there's nobody actually there. It's being run by a computer. Well, so th- NPR isn't. That, okay, so yeah, so I could get the low-end NPR stations on the very low end of the FM's frequency, but most of the stuff that people would be listening to... Right, there's auto- no one there. Yeah, there's no one there to warn you about impending disaster. So you have NPR and you have the AM brand, which is not... Maybe I just check my phone, because I get, like... Uh, text alerts from WCC and U of M. Yeah, I get those from Eastern, and I can't even figure out how to shut them off. <laughs> so I'm still getting told every time that Eastern's campus is closed. And I'm like, I don't want this anymore, but I, I tried going to the website where I used to sign it up, and that website doesn't exist anymore, so i got to figure out where the new website is to shut it off. <sighs> That's kind of amusing. So if you ever want to know what if Eastern's ever um, closed, just contact me and I'll... Uh, uh, ridiculousness. So what's next? Dota. Dota. De- Dota. Defense of the Ancients. The... In a Star... Uh, sorry, Warcraft 3. Oh, Starcraft 3. Now there's something to think about. <laughs> it's going to be a coming. Warcraft 3... Uh, use map settings, custom map mod, if you will. It wasn't really a mod because it's all using the stuff provided. It was, but it was basically it was the wildly old, popular. Yeah. 
and it spawned off Heroes of New Earth, League of Legends, Demigod, uh, a bit more indirectly Monday Night Combat, and a whole bunch of other games. Valve is trying to create a standalone Dota. But Valve doesn't own Warcraft like, 3. No, which is what makes this kind of weird. But Valve is trying to make a standalone with some of, I believe, with some of the original developers, uh, a standalone version of the actual Dota. So instead of creating a game like Demigod, they're actually going to create a game and call it Dota. Mm-hmm. And so Valve has filed for the Defense of the Ancients trademark, as they should if they're trying to make a game called Dota. The other original developers of Dota, who work at Riot Games and created League of Legends, aren't particularly happy about that. So they have counter-filed for the trademark. Hmm. And what's going to be really funny is that Blizzard is going to step in and say, oh, no, by the terms of service with our map editor, we own it. And I'm going to laugh. <laughs> so that is a good question. It's the, uh, who actually owns the community, basically? Mm-hmm. Because it was something that was just made and then somebody else wants to officially take it over. And they're like, um, but this is ours. And then Blizzard will come in and say, no, it's actually ours. And then, oh man, yeah, Blizzard versus Valve, that would be a fight. Um, hi, Activision? <laughs> I mean, what's Valve going to do? Threaten not to carry... Oops, almost muted myself. Threaten not to carry Blizzard's games on, and Activision's games on Steam anymore? Oh darn. Yeah, I don't think they, they have the power to do that yet. No. That may come. Valve may gain enough momentum and power and user base with Steam and eliminate the options where they can start negotiating and say, do this, or we aren't putting your stuff up. Man, there isn't really much PC games out there that are run through Steam anymore. Right. Like, like Civ Five, I'm probably going to buy through Steam. That way you have the Steam features, the interconnection, plus you can always just download it again. Right. Hmm. <laughs> oh man now I'm just thinking of like um, Counter-Strike with uh, Half-Life that was originally a mod right Mm-hmm. and then Half-Life bought it basically and officially put it out speaking of large companies Intel is known for making chips they for some odd reason just bought McAfee for who are known for making saw, uh, virus protection. Yeah. They bought them for $7.68 billion. That's a lot of money. McAfee's stock, by the way, upon the news of this, went up 50%. Well, of course. Because Intel was paying out $48 per share. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, Andy, Yeah, why would Intel do this? I'm not sure. Because they just bought text-to-instruments cable modems. And they just bought... McAfee. McAfee. 
So here, an interesting thing that I saw, and I'm not entirely sure how realistic it is, uh, antivirus hardware. Maybe, like antivirus built into the CPU? Like chip hardware chips that can recognize and deflect malware attacks. Hmm. The, the only problem I can see with that is with the hardware is still going to need software to be based off of. So the, what, what would having specific hardware for antivirus stuff really get you? Well, you look at it now, there's already, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, what am I thinking? You ha- okay. There's all, you have already the- hardware for networking. Yeah. That can identify malicious traffic. Yes. And filter it out. Right? Yeah. That's along the same lines of what I'm talking about. So they wanted to... Because the antivirus software, you already have the real-time production. You already have the dedicated scans scheduled. Maybe they're building a chip that will do those faster. Maybe something that could be more adaptive. Also possible. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what the merger does. Yeah. Merger slash buyout slash takeover, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. That's, That's still a lot of money, though. $7.68 billion. Ah, we got some money. I, I wish it. I had that much money to throw around. <laughs> I'm in a doldrums mood. Let's go buy a company. Intel does it. Amazon does it. Speaking of which, I got a bag of crap in the wood off. The three-day wood off? Yeah. They haven't had one that long in a while. Mm. I remember like the second wood off I was in was a 79-hour long extravaganza. They just kept on going and going and going. I felt so bad for those workers. <laughs> they posted pictures on the forums of like cots in the office. Because they have to sit there through the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, man, that sucks. Rock Band 3. Setlist has been revealed. Rock Band 3's setlist. Has been not a confirmed update. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's confirmed. Yeah. Uh, if, if you watch the video, it's guys from Harmonix saying, like, look, we haven't said anything. We haven't talked about what we're we're putting in here. And until you read it from our website, it's not official. And as they do it, purposefully behind them is the Rock Band 3 set list <laughs> as they are scrolling through it. Oh, that's funny. Uh, some of these, really cool. And I'm, I'm glad to see them come back to Rock Band because some of them were from Guitar Hero. Let's see, Bob Marley, the Beach Boys, Chicago. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for good vibrations. David Bowie, Def Leppard, Deep Purple, Dire Straits. Okay, whew. Hopefully we'll get some more Dire Straits in here, because that would be good. I'm hoping for more doors, man. I want House of New Orleans. Or House of the Rising Sun, whatever it's called. House of the Rising Sun. Yeah. In Excess, James Brown. Free Bird. 
Jimmy, oh goodness, Jimmy Hendrix, Joan Jett, Leonard Skinner, Crazy Train, Bohemian Rhapsody, Andy, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, there's got to be a bonus for doing a, the whole head bob during um the guitar solo. Uh, that's only if you connect. Ah, I want to be sedated. Back, Queens. Oh, no one knows by Queens of the Stone Age. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Smash Mouth. God, they got tons of people on here. Yeah, eighty-three different songs. Tears for Fears. Oh, haven't heard them in forever. Oh man. So yeah. Oh. Man, that just makes me just want to get start going on YouTube and just starting going through some of these songs. Listening to the songs. That's what I just need to do is just get a YouTube playlist of just all the artists. <laughs> oh, Beast and the Harlot. It's actually a pretty good song. Actually, if you made that playlist, it would probably be pretty popular. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm guessing you're probably going to get Rock Band 3. I don't know. I didn't get Rock Band 2. You didn't? No. So I, I don't know if I'll get Rock Band 3. Hmm. I might, just because learning the keyboard would be so fun. I think it's got to be one of those things where I'm going to definitely hold off, though, until uh, I get a full-time job. Why? Do you think it's just going to suck your life away? No, I think it's just going to be expensive, and I, there are other things I'd rather spend what money I have on. Good point. Thankfully, I think I'm, I've am i got the last uh, best man gig done. I don't think anyone else is, is going to be planning on asking me to be their best man. Okay. So that's one you know set of expenses I don't need to worry about anymore. Okay. So what is this probability-based microchip? Oh, man. If it gets done and, and put together, it could be really interesting. So microchips work with logic gates, right? Okay. The traditional gate is kind of a a yes-no. Yes. This chip is designed with, I'm I'm slaughtering this name, Bayesian gates, and it represents the chance of two signals matching. So you come out with a probability, (laughs) which is going to be an infinite range between zero and one. Now, this is not quantum, where you have multiple things at the same time. This is just, you have a range between zero and one. So, things that are probability-based are easier to compute. So, what's probability-based? Things like your Netflix Q suggestions... Right? Any sort of, we think you like this, or we think you mean this. You know, Watson. So, oh, okay, so here's the, so what does this mean? Fewer gates needed, fewer computations needed. A smaller chip would do the same job of today's chip at a faster rate. Mm-hmm. Hmm. God, it's so weird to think, because it, it, computers are always just ones and zeros, and that's the way it always was. But now there's... Quantum computing and probability computing and multi-core and... Uh, Andy? Yes? It's okay. 
It's okay. You don't need to worry about it. The magic, it's okay. The magic box will do everything for me. Yes. I don't have to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. <sighs> the magic box will take care of it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I'm just, okay, I'm going to not think about it anymore. Okay. Let's move uh, to phones. Phones? Yes. And Which mobile. Phone? Well, um, specifically, mm, Windows Phone, or phones that run Windows Phone 7. Okay. Because... So nothing. <laughs> well, there are Windows Phone 7 phones. That is a horrible name for the operating system. I know. What, what type of phone do you have? Oh, I have a Windows Phone 7 phone. I have seven of them. They all run Windows Phone 7. Are you quite finished? Yes. Okay. So, now um, there's going to be Xbox Live on phones with Windows Phone 7. Okay. So now you'll be able to... um, That's kind of cool. You'll be able to access gamer tags, avatars, achievements, anywhere they take their phone, and now there's actually games specifically available for Xbox Live that are just for the phones. Like Halo Waypoint, Crackdown 2, Project Sunburst. How are they going to like differentiate these on the market? Uh, they haven't really announced that. Uh-huh. But they've got Assassin's Creed, Guitar Hero 5, Age of Zombies, uh, Little Wheel, Puzzle Quest 2... Star Wars Battle for Hoth, Star Wars Cantina. What's that game going to be? I don't know. <laughs> the Oregon Trail, Zombies, Zombie Attack. Oh, there's two types of zombie games out there. So I could use my phone to see who's playing what when I'm not at home playing. I could. Oh, I could message you. You could message me, ooh, from phone? Yeah, from the phone. Well, you to, couldn't because you don't have a data plan. No. But if I did, and I had a Windows Phone 7 phone, I could message you while you're playing your Xbox from my phone, you know, instead of just texting your phone. So in case you're, you're not paying attention to your phone, I could text you, go, Dave, check your phone. Through Xbox Live. Is that kind of... Haven't we done that before, though? Yes. Yes, we have. (laughs) Except we did it it through the PC. A text about a message about... An email. Email? Yeah, you... What was it? You, um... Oh, that was so confusing. So it's the email, text message, Xbox Live message, and an IM at the same... In one full swoop. Right. But there's also turn-based multiplayer games between the phones and the PC. Ooh. So, if I'm at my computer and you're out there and you're like, Hey, Andy, I'm stuck on a train. Can you, uh, do you want to play something? You, you would can- promptly say, go to hell. <laughs> I mean, uh, sure, of course we'll play. I wouldn't say go to hell right away. <laughs> I would only no, say that after, after you, after you uh, pull a... Dick a move. Block. Yeah. 
So that's going to be coming at some point. They haven't had any sort of official um, start, but it's going to be coming now with lots of games like Frogger <laughs> and Let's Golf 2. And Oregon Trail. Don't forget about Oregon Trail. It's really funny is you could be playing Oregon Trail while on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> I'm I'm more amused that there are two, not one, but two zombie games. Yeah. There's zombies and then zombies attack. No, no. It's zombies attack and then there's zombies. There's three exclamation points. Four ex- <laughs> That's just overkill. No one needs four exclamation points. Well, evidently... Zombies do, it seems. That borrowed... The Baroga Games does? The Baroga? For Exclamable. So, another uh, thing that have to do with phones. Mm-hmm. Facebook and Foursquare. Facebook and Foursquare? Yep. Oh, Facebook Places. Yes, Facebook Places, which basically is Foursquare. Foursquare. Yeah. So now you can... Update your status with where you're at. And you can see, you can browse your friends to see who's nearby. You. Okay. So, Facebook now is even more scary. Uh, I mean, it was pretty scary anyways. But now people are posting, oh, I'm here. Or I'm here. And it seems I have not actually logged into Facebook right now. Mm. So I haven't been able to check this. I'm not sure. Let's see. Most recent. Yeah, I'm not going to use Facebook places. I barely use Foursquare. I'm just seeing if I have any friends who have actually logged in to um, Facebook places. Use places on touch.facebook.com or the Facebook app for the iPhone. But not for Android? Places is currently available on phones that support W3G location. What the hell does that mean? Mm. I don't know. I think you're getting in over your head, though. I I just don't. It's scary. But what's yep. really funny, though, is the fact that, that you, you can, can spoof it. Yeah, you can spoof it. You can there's there's um you you can spoof your uh checking in places with Foursquare with just nine Perl statements. So there it it can break Foursquare in about ten minutes or so. <laughs> um and then there's another way of spoofing Facebook, you know, in case y- you want to uh s- skip out on work or something. And be like, no, honestly, I'm here. Yeah. See, I checked in in Facebook. <laughs> Nothing like setting up a proxy to run Facebook through another computer to, and tell the GPS that it's at another location. Yep. Oh, so <laughs> with a little URL request modification, you can create a new location, move yourself to that location, and tell the world where you are. Oh. Uh, 
it's just sad that, oh, yeah, mobile applications, you can always find out where they are. Oh, unless you know enough computer code to tell the computer that I'm not actually where I am. Good times. So now you can't even believe anything you see on the Internet, which is sad. Yeah, I know, isn't it? <laughs> I was getting just getting used to trusting the Internet. And now you can't. See, not, it's not even true where you might or may or may not be. No. As I um, record this from the I'm moon, amused that it only takes nine lines of Perl, by the way. <laughs> to completely break Foursquare, I know. Oh, especially since you have some of the brick-and-mortar stores have um, discounts for people who are the mayors, and you only become the mayor by checking in the most times. And so you can yep. go, oh. You, you can spoof it. Yep. I get a discount if I'm the mayor. Let me just go and just use Pearl on this thing over and over again. Yeah. All right. So. Random topic. Sounds good. Okay. So um, I rolled this ahead of time, and I swear this was not on purpose. This was rolled beforehand, before we ever even played. I even even knew of a game called Ticket to Ride. But the random topic was, how far have you traveled by train in North America? Milwaukee to Detroit. Well, it wasn't even to Detroit. Milwaukee to Ann Arbor. So let's just see how far that is on Google Maps. Get directions. As it Google Maps finally, there we go. Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Ann Arbor, Michigan by I think it's about 500 miles mm. 400 some miles 330 miles Cool, really? That's it? Yep Taking okay. I-94 East, 5 hours and 55 minutes yeah, no, it doesn't take that. <laughs> uh, if that's if Chicago, you know, is a barren wasteland. And no, I, I, it, usually we do it in about five hours. Well, someone's a little speedy. Not really. Think about it, Andy. 330 miles at 60 miles an hour. Ah, oh, you're right. But okay, so 330 miles, the farthest you've traveled... By train. By train. I have traveled from... Technically, it was we, we left the Amtrak station in Ann Arbor, but um, since the Amtrak train in Ann Arbor only goes between Chicago and Detroit, we didn't want to take the train all the way back into Chicago to take it all the way out east to New York, where we were going. Mm-hmm. So we had to drive, take a bus down to Toledo and wait for the train there. So I went from Toledo, Ohio, to New York City. New York, New York. That is 560 miles. That's about as farthest I have gone. So not much further. By train. Oh, no, 200 miles further. Yeah. I was like, what am I saying? It's almost twice the distance. <laughs> 300 miles versus 560 miles? Yeah. Hey, 330, thank you. Still, it's 300 versus 500. Right. 
But yes, that is the farthest I have traveled by train. I have also taken the train from Chicago to uh, Kalamazoo, and I've taken the train from Kalamazoo to Ann Arbor and back. It it, it was okay. It, it wasn't... It's, I mean, it's nice that you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Once you're on the train, you can read, play games, do whatever. But it can get boring. Are you easily bored, Dave? Yes. When your laptop battery dies on you? Yeah. Of course, this laptop could make it from one to the other quite easily. Well, yeah, your little tiny little laptop. Yes. I do, it was nicer okay. in the business class, though, because the, then you got your own seat. You didn't have to worry. Cause the, the general seating is kind of hard, especially when you're basically in the middle of two routes. Mm-hmm. So you have to... I had no problem with that. That's because you were getting in on Chicago when you're coming from... Cause you, had to, you had to change trains in Chicago, I'm guessing. Yes, I did. Because the Chicago-Detroit line is different than the Chicago-Milwaukee. Yep. So when you're getting in on Chicago, there's no problem finding a seat. When you're getting on in Kalamazoo and you're halfway through that route, it's hard. Uh, I guess that could be a pain. Yeah. And you're always stuck to somebody who's eating a liver and onion sandwich or something. Oh. Actually, in in Union, Chicago, right? Grand Central is in New York? Yes. Union is in Chicago? Yes. Okay. In Union Station, there is... A really, really good uh, rib joint. It's like a literally a hole in the wall fast food rib joint, and it's really tasty. Are you talking about Robinson's ribs? I have no idea. Because <laughs> probably you have the the hot dog place, the Chinese place, the burrito place, the Pizza Hut, and the rib place, and the rib place, and the rib place is really tasty. And there's a so McDonald's. if you're ever in Chicago, you should stop there. Actually, there's probably way better places to stop in Chicago. If you're ever in Union Station, you should stop there. <laughs> also, side note, Union Station is not open all the time. 24-7. No. No, no, they aren't. I found that out after I left O'Hare Airport at... Four in the morning. Something like that, and had to wait a couple hours waiting for Union Station to yep. open up. Yeah. All right. Is that... I think that's everything. That that is basically everything. Okay. Well, Andy, it was good seeing you this weekend. Can't believe uh, you beat me in Ticket to Ride. That would have been nice. Though, I, first I, time to play the game, and I almost won. Yeah. No, I, I can believe I beat you. Ouch, Dave. I can't believe you lost on. What the hell was that? What? <laughs> you said. Easy. Uh, that would be the fact that I'm broadcasting through my phone. <laughs> oh, Dave, you and technology. That's what yeah. I get my Anyways, laughs from. I know. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone, and see you next week. Yep. <laughs>